in the church here, we're at the beginning of things. So, Happy New Year. We've been following the round of the seasons. Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, Crucifixion, Easter, Pentecost, and the green season just, just ending, during which we heard about the ministry and teachings and healings of Jesus. And we've come to the conclusion of that time, and now here is the advent of the Christ, preparation for the birth, so that we can be ready for the rebirth. And the church year is cycling around again. Among many, among many early cultures, that seasonal round of the year was the determining fact of the passage of time. Everything recurred over and over, events, ceremonies, religious events, were linked to the seasons, to planting and harvest, and winter, the return of spring, over and over. But as a number of scholars have pointed out, with the gathering of the stories and events of the Jewish people, there developed a sense of what we would call history. That is, the Jews began to see themselves on a direct line of events, leading from the creation through various encounters and contracts with the Creator, and on to an eventual climax of salvation with the coming of their Messiah. And as Christians, we have inherited that sense of progress and movement toward a goal, not of an eventual coming of a Messiah, but of a route laid out for us by the coming and teachings of Jesus, who is for us the Messiah, the Anointed One. We are moving through history, and each of us is moving through our own lives, striving to prepare for our ends and especially for new beginnings. So there may seem to be a strange discrepancy between this thrust of history toward salvation and a new life and the cycles and seasons of the church year. But I believe that these two apparently opposing ideas in our faith traditions can be reconciled. Birth and rebirth are closely wound together in our lives and in our church year. In the past few Sundays, we've heard about the end of things, perhaps more than the advent of things. A reading from Mark's Gospel two weeks ago told of Jesus' warning that the temple would fall and that there would be wars and earthquakes and that these would be just the birth pangs of what was to come. Then last week, you heard the passage from the Revelation of John about Christ's eventual return, the second coming. And this morning the first Sunday of Advent, as we anticipate the birth of Jesus, Jeremiah predicts that a new branch of David will arrive to save Judah and save Jerusalem. In today's gospel, Jesus himself predicts great events and great changes when only those who are righteous will be saved. And he promises his followers that they will know and understand the signs and will be ready when the Son of Man returns. So we're hearing predictions, apocalyptic pronouncements about the ends of things, even as we in the church year prepare for Advent, the beginnings of things. The ideas of birth and death, of acceptance and rejection are closely linked in our scriptures. Especially notable are things like Herod's decision to put all the babies in Bethlehem area to death so that the newly born king would not be a challenge to him. And in our great feast of Easter, we can't celebrate until we've made our way again through the suffering and death on the cross of our Messiah. When we're baptized, we are admonished to die unto sin, 
and the ritual drowning of the baptismal waters was a significant part of early baptism. Those of us who were baptized by sprinkling or pouring actually miss out on some of that symbolism, but we do not miss out on the great promise we make or that are made for us, that we are letting go of our old being and emerging as a new person, whether we're completely wet or not. So in the church's teaching, we see these rebirths. In preparing for the birth, we're reminded that we are born into life, preparing for death, but also preparing for a new and eternal life. And the message from Jesus in today's passage from Luke's Gospel is a warning and at the same time a wonderful promise. It occurs in Luke just before the chapter in which Jesus and his disciples spend the Passover meal together and Jesus is betrayed and the Roman soldiers come to arrest him and take him to the trial that ends in his crucifixion. So on the brink of that last terrible and frightening chapter in Jesus' earthly ministry, he gives his followers the news that some incredible events will overtake them, but that the outcome is his return. The disciples can't know what is to come in the next couple of days, but Jesus prepares them for a time beyond with a revelation. The Greek word apocalypse actually means uncovering or revelation. It does not necessarily mean something terrible, film titles to the contrary, or something frightening. It's not about war. It's an uncovering by a prophet or a wise person of what is to come. The fact that many of the biblical predictions seem frightening might hide us from the fact that the apocalypse in today's gospel reading is not frightening. The poet T.S. Eliot wrote in his last great poem, The Four Quartets, in my beginning is my end, and then in my end is my beginning. And these two lines are the first and last of the section of the poem called East Coker. East Coker is a village in Somerset from which Eliot's ancestors immigrated to the New World in the 17th century. And it is to this village that Eliot returns. He is interred in the village church, and on the memorial plaque commemorating him is written those two enclosing lines. We may realize that the round of the church year has its own reality in human lives, but we should remember also that it is through the life and sacrifice of Christ that we are set on the direct line to eternal life. When I was a child, this idea of the circle of the year must have made a great impression on me. I have no idea how early it was that it, that it seemed to me that the year was a kind of wheel. And I have a very visual imagination, so I see a wheel, and I confess I still do, that the year is a round, a circle, almost a physical feel of where I am on the wheel at any time. But it still amuses me that in my annual circle, in my annual wheel, July and August stretch clear across the top, and January, February, March are down here, and it's all crammed together. I suppose, I suppose it's because as a child I wanted summer to last forever, or at least uh, a good third of the year. 
I've come to realize, however, that we must direct our lives onto a path that does not circle, but moves directly from the repetition of life to death to life, to one that leads us from mortality and its endless sameness into the goal of new and unending life. At one time, the priests in the temple sacrificed over and over again as retribution for people's sins. But their offerings were only good for the moment and had to be repeated. As a character in Christopher Fry's play, Thor with Angels, says about this after he is first introduced to Christian ideas, that deed of death was done and done and always to be done again. But with Jesus, that endless round of payment ended. We no longer need to fear the round of the year when every birth is followed by a death. We need no longer pay the priests of the temple to buy us a little sinless time. Now in this new line toward everlasting life, Jesus is the high priest and also the sacrifice. And we are the beneficiaries of that redemption. What we hear in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians is an enthusiastic validation of the Christians he addresses. He praises them for their steadfastness and tells them how they exemplify all that he had hoped for them. And the major validation is his promise that they will be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Paul believes the Christians in Thessaloniki are ready for the end times are ready for the second coming, predicted in today's reading from Luke's Gospel. We're on the brink of new life. We're about to enter the season of Advent, the beginning of Jesus' human life, and therefore, the beginning of our own journeys toward new life. Amen.